Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Pull up jumper from three. Gobert blocks it. That's his seventh of the game. Kobe White just tried to step back three and Rudy blocked it seemingly from inside the paint. Conley behind a Gobert pick. Fires and hits. Screen assist. Rudy Gobert. Three ball. Mike Conley. Jazz are 15 of 28 from three. This time Conley goes baseline. Bounces inside to Rudy. He spins. Pirouetting. Going to the rack and packed it. Oh, Rudy, don't do me like that. Oh, driving. Pull Rudy. Block shot. That's number nine. Rudy's new career high blocks. Rudy Gobert has nine block shots. Will we get a triple-double, fans? 97-79. It's a palindrome, and Rudy's on fire. I mean, I just came in, uh, you know, trying to set the tone defensively, um, as I do every night, you know, and uh, I think we did a great job as a team, and, you know, as the game went on, when I came out at the end, uh, somebody told me that I had nine, but I didn't know, to be honest. So... You know, that's not really – I never try to chase that, you know, but once I knew that I had nine, I was like, okay, let's, let's go for it. All right, the, uh, Gordon, the Jazz win, 120-95. to 95. They blow out the Bulls. Rudy Gobert was one block shot away from a triple-double, 21 points, 10 rebounds, and nine block shots. Can I, can I ask you a question? Sure. Just to come up with kind of an analogy here for for where I want to start. Have you ever done something over and over again, even though you knew it was going to end badly? <laughs> I'll give you an example. Uh, for me, it, when I when we got our new bed, uh, uh-huh. this was some years ago. Uh, for some reason, I would just smash my shin on the corner every time I walked around it to the point where my wife actually taped like foam things to the bed because my my shin was bleeding i mean like i would just mash my shin i don't know why is when we went from a queen to a king bed and i knew that every time i walked around that corner i was going to mash my shin i i could be looking down at the corner and my leg and still mash my shin into the corner of that thing i mean it was a real problem for like a month uh anything come to mind for you gordon one thing that comes to mind is I really don't like going on the treadmill, but when I do, I do it anyway, you know, and I think somehow it's going to be fulfilling and uh, it never is. <laughs> That's so. not the direction where I thought you'd go, but yes, exactly. That makes sense. Okay. We're on the same yeah. page. Uh, I mean, there must be, there must have been something I did. You know, when, when I was a kid, I used to go up on the roof of the house. And Jake, my dad had one rule. He had a lot of rules, but he had, well, one of his rules was never go on the roof. And I, I'd go on the roof anyway. My bedroom uh, had a window that you could open the window and just climb right out on the roof. So I used to do that all the time. Did you fall off every time? I didn't fall off, but I, I knew that I was in danger. I was breaking my dad's rule. And one time he caught me up there on the roof. And, uh, well... I've told you that story before, haven't I? About how I threw the golf ball down the chimney. We've heard this story a hundred times. Let's move on. Well, I did that. My dad heard it, and he came out, and I was hiding behind the chimney. (laughs) And he gave me two options, either come down on my own or else he would climb up there and throw me off. Well, I I I used to do it anyway. I mean... 
I used to do it anyway. I did it all the time. I thought it was fun. Well, I don't know if that exactly applies to my comparison, but I suppose here, like uh, well, you're going to say that the Bulls just kept going at Rudy over. And well, over specifically again. Kobe White. Four, <laughs> four of Rudy's block shots were against Kobe White. <laughs> Two of them were against Laurie Markkinen, and then the rest were one-offs with with other Bulls players, including Zach Levine, who certainly learned his lesson after Rudy sent one of his shots into, I think, the the tenth row. He thought, you know, I don't, I'm not, do not going to make, uh, you know, I'm not going to do that. I, well, I the just, thing, the thing but, about that but is... Kobe White kept doing it over and over <laughs> and over again. At one point, you would think Billy Donovan would pull him aside and be like, listen, Kobe, you're not going to you're not going to get the better of that tonight. That's not going to be your game, buddy. Figure it out. So he knew he was coming around the corner of the bed and he was going to get his shin bashed in. Exactly. Each time and but he, he kept doing it. But he still kept doing it. And, and really, uh, Zach Levine uh, was the point I really wanted to make because he did. He got, he got blocked so badly he had to be embarrassed. And he routinely, and this is one of the best players in the league, mind you, mm-hmm. routinely would just turn around and, and go back to where he came from whenever he got into the paint. It's amazing the impact that Rudy Gobert has on basketball games. Yeah. You know, the other example I can think of is Boyan Bogdanovich keeps shooting, even though he knows he's going to bang his shin. He should keep shooting. I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But this is going on and on now, isn't it? Um, The most embarrassing thing that can happen to a player on an NBA court is to get their shot blocked. Wouldn't you agree with that? Players hate that. No, I, I don't agree with that point. Not that I'm totally disagreeing with you, but I'd rather get my shot blocked than airball a free throw. <laughs> okay. You got me there. <laughs> but Or didn't, uh, wasn't it Sleepy Floyd who one, one time checked into a game and tore off the, the snap-off warm-ups and forgot that he didn't forgot to put shorts on underneath the warm-ups. Anybody remember that? That might be the most embarrassing thing you can do in, okay. a, in an NBA right. game. You got but, I got your, but I get your point. I get your point. <laughs> and, uh, and Rudy was just uh, saying, the old, uh, I was waiting for the Matumbo waving of the finger, you know, and but uh, they kept going at him, and it uh, wasn't working out so well. I like what Donovan Mitchell said afterward. He said, yeah, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep going at him. But, uh, but they did. And, and Rudy made some unbelievable plays. And can we, let's dial up that Mannix uh, cut from yesterday, um, Austin, because uh, I asked Chris Mannix when he was on with us um, you, about the Ben Simmons v. Rudy Gobert uh, discussion. Yeah. And he just gave such a great answer illustrating Rudy's value. And last night, Mannix tweeted out that uh, something about the the MVP drum beat for Rudy Gobert has got to grow louder. And uh, so Mannix is is on uh, Team Rudy in this case. But I, I thought he dem- or he illustrated Rudy's value so well yesterday. I wanted to get to that again. Well, it, it, it's apples and oranges in what they do, obviously. And it's reminiscent in a way of... I mean, I think there were a number of years that Gary Payton and Dikembe Mutombo competed for that, didn't they? Like, it was, yeah. you know, two guys that were very different but dominant in their respective ways as defensive players. Um, I, look, I, I always lean towards Rudy because, and I've said this to you guys before, when I talk to scouts about Gobert, they say he's the only player whose defensive presence is ba- basically puts him at the top of the scouting report. I mean, Ben Simmons is, is right. He is great defensively at five positions, but I don't think there's a player in the league 
that changes the game in the way Gobert does. If you have Ben Simmons, like you can, he can neutralize one of your players. Gobert can neutralize five, and he can neutralize what you do uh, if you are a team that is you know, inclined to penetrate and score, try to score in the paint. He just changes the game that way. I think he continues to improve as a pick-and-roll defender, which is a big reason the Jazz have been really good at defending the three. Um, so, I, like, I wouldn't have a problem with a vote for either one of them for Defensive Player of the Year because they're both excellent. But for me, it's – and I think I voted for him last year too. Like, it, it continues to be Rudy Gobert's award to lose every season. Rudy Gobert is at the top of the other team's scouting report. Maybe yep. not the Bulls. <laughs> but, <laughs> Slight oversight. But <laughs> is there another player in the NBA you could say that about? Truly. I, I thought that was really insightful from Mannix yesterday. Well, I mean, maybe, you know, LeBron. LeBron, when he wants to play defense, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, well, another player's at, defense at the top of the scouting At the top report. of the scouting yeah. report. I mean, usually yeah. it's how to stop LeBron or how to, yeah. you know, to stop somebody on the other side. To have Rudy Gobert, uh, okay, well, we know the Jazz offense is really good, but first things first, we've got to figure out how on earth we're going to attack Rudy Gobert. I mean, that's, that's pretty interesting. Well, we've talked about a lot of times in the past, Jake, the two favored shots in the NBA are the three-point shot and at the rim. And Rudy makes it very difficult on the latter. Well, I think he blocked a three-point shot last night, too. (laughs) Yeah, and now, speaking of offense, I mean, with the 21 points last night, you got to prepare for him, too, you know, at that end. Well, that's what makes the Jazz unique offensively is Rudy and his ability. Mm -hmm. When I hear Chris Mannix talk about Rudy Gobert, uh, Austin, I don't know if you remember this, but way back when we used to have Chris Mannix on, uh, I think he had to come around to Rudy a little bit, but boy, has he, you know? Uh, it seems like a number of years ago, he I think he would have thrown in with Ben Simmons. Not anymore. You heard what he said. And when you and when you have a line like 21 points, 10 rebounds, and 9 blocks, like you've been talking about, Jake, that if that doesn't get your attention as a head coach, I don't know what would. Yep. All right, Gordo, we'll, we'll hit on this a lot today because uh, last night's Jazz game was interesting. And it did, I, I agree with you, it did feel like they got back to the, the rhythm that they had earlier in the year. So we'll talk about that quite a bit. Stay tuned. But we didn't have a chance to get to the Hanson-Scotty clip for what's going on. Should we go over that now, Gordo? Yeah, let's do it. All right, they talked about uh, Bogdanovich and his struggles. Where is Boyan's offense? He is shooting 16% over that stretch from three. It's Is that 16%? Yes. Just 16% is not a, a good three-point percentage. Um, let me check on that. <laughs> no. I don't know what the Mendoza line would be on three-point shooting, but it would definitely be below that. So my thought was, through, through, this, through this terrible shooting streak, the Utah Jazz are continuing to win. Through this terrible shooting tr- streak, which included 0 of 5 last night against the Bulls. Let me look to make sure. Yeah, it included 0-5 last night against the Bulls. The Jazz are continuing to win in spite of what Boyan Bogdanovich is currently doing offensively. And the thing that's really difficult, Scotty, offensively with Boyan Bogdanovich, it doesn't just stop at the three. He's struggling from all areas of the court offensively. Yeah. And and it's almost like his, his shot is cursed. You saw there was one shot, I think it was in the third quarter trying to close my eyes and and picture 
he 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 made a run at the rim. He put it up at the rim. I, I think it was kind of a floater type shot, and it hit the rim, bounced to the back corner of the rim, rolled across the front of the rim, and off the front of the rim, no basket. And it, and the camera actually panned onto Boyan, and he's just sitting there shaking his head. And he's you know in his mind he's thinking what the, what is going on? Yeah, he's got the uh, he's got the yips for sure. He's got the yips. Um, and, and there might be look, you might be some lingering injury issues there too. But you look at Boyan last night; he played nearly thirty-one minutes. Uh, let's it's thirty minutes, eighteen seconds. So let's just round it down: thirty minutes last night for Boyan Bogdanovich. Okay, so he's out there for the majority of the game. There's only 18 minutes of the game where he's not out on the court for the Utah Jazz. Last night. Last night. Okay. The Jazz won this game by 25 points. Mm-hmm. Boyan Bogdanovich, in his 30 minutes, he was out on the court. The Jazz were only plus one. So in the 18 minutes, he's off. They're plus 24. So you look at the pl- individual plus minuses. Rudy plus 19. Uh, Mike Conley plus 18. Uh, Ingles plus 18. Jordan Clarkson plus 25. George Niang plus 20. And Boyan Bogdanovich plus one in 30 minutes of play last night. Man. Okay. So this isn't our first rodeo, Scotty. We've seen this with jazz players yeah. over the years. We've seen it with Boyan already this year. Boyan's gone through a couple of different strange slumps this year. And and I know that there's risk recovery. And I know he had surgery. And I, I'm I'm starting to feel like and assume that he's through that. To a large degree, uh, I would think so. There could be some lingering issues. That's maybe something that I, you know, that you could strike it up to. But I don't, I don't know because he missed the bubble last year. So he 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 had surgery on that wrist. Wasn't it a, like a week or two before the bubble? Uh yeah, it was right around the bubble. Yeah, right right before there. So, I you know until you get a full year off a, off a surgical procedure for the most part I, I do think that there's lingering effects that there are certain things that that can affect you mentally <clears throat> so maybe he is dealing with some of that but i do i do look at boyan and i think okay so what do you need cuz he's getting open looks i think you can you could probably agree with I'd that, agree right? that yeah. I, I think multiple threes and i'm trying to think of the five threes i i'm having a hard time remembering all five of his threes last night, but I I can specifically remember at least two that were wide open looks, wide, wide open looks. And my guess is of the 31 threes that we're talking about, where he's five of the last 31 and shooting 16% of those 31 looks, the way this jazz offense rolls, most of those looks have some room. Yes. Agreed. Spacing's been good. Most, mostly it's good shots. Yeah. So, I think it's safe to assume that Boyan Bogdanovich is inside his head. I don't think it's the way teams are defending him necessarily to affect him that much to where he's now a 16% three-point shooter over the last, what is that? I think it's six or seven games. Yeah. I can't remember the total games that it was to get to 31 attempts, but I think it's six or seven games. It, it it's not. I don't think it's the defender that put him to a plus one last night. I I don't think it's don't the think system. So. Nope. I think Boyan Bogdanovich is just currently deep inside his own head, trying to p- possibly figure out what's going on with himself. How do you get somebody out of that? By the way, and I don't know oh, you, you played football, basketball. It's a different sport, I, but I do think there are some some parallels there. I, I actually 
I actually truly believe this when it comes to shooters in the NBA. And, and I, I remember having a conversation with Jerry Sloan about this specifically. It, it, when it comes to shooters in the NBA, just continue to instill confidence and give them an opportunity to, to get out of it. That's, that's the way shooters got to shoot. That's the way they That's the way it goes. All right, there was Hanson Scotty talking about uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. And, uh, yeah, I, he certainly has struggled, although I don't know if the plus-minus from last night is the evidence I'd, I'd quite throw out there, considering that Donovan Mitchell was plus two, and he had 30 points on 11 of 19 shooting and was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, the reason the plus-minus numbers last night were so skewed is when the Jazz went on their run in the second quarter uh, was uh, when the bench unit which was out there, which for the Jazz has been really good, but that's when uh, Rudy and Mike Conley are out there with Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich and Mitchell are not. And that's when uh, also, uh, conversely, the Chicago Bulls uh, in the second quarter didn't have Zach Levine on the floor. And, uh, Gordon, I don't know if you noticed this last night, but outside of Zach Levine, the Bulls don't have a whole lot. And, <laughs> no, uh, they don't. So I, the, the plus minus, that had more, I thought, more to do with how the game went last night. But um, the, there's no question Bogdanovich is not shooting the ball well. I, I think his wrist is still bothering him. I mean, I don't, the only evidence I really have of that is that whenever he falls, Gordon, you notice he gets his right hand out of the way every single time. Because he's gone to the basket a lot and missed a lot of layups, actually, which is an interesting issue. But he's also fallen to the ground a lot. And if you notice, he won't put his right hand down. But I think he's got to shoot his way out of it. I mean, imagine if Bogdanovich returned to shooting 40% plus plus from three. It would be a huge deal for this team. The question then becomes, at what price? Because a game like last night, he goes 3 of 14, 05 from three. Okay. So so what? The Jazz can absorb that. But what happens when they get in games where they have to have production out of that position? Well, Joe you, Ingles. How long, how long do you stay with it? You bring up Joe Ingles. Joe is hot as can be. In fact, during last night's game, I was thinking, set up shots for Joe Ingles. Dude can barely miss. He is so red hot right now. Get him the ball. And I noticed that other players were eager to get their shots. And as it turned out, that Joe only gets what? How many shots did he get last night? Six or something? Uh, let's see. Joe Ingles eight. had eight. six eight of eight. Shots. Mm-hmm. And a, a five of six from three. So he, he's just launching things and feeling so comfortable and hot right now. The only thing that could be a concern for the Jazz is that usually the law of averages evens out. And for it to even out, then Joe's going to have to miss a bunch of shots. But right now, he's making everything. And so how long – I understand. I, I, I'm not suggesting that Bogdanovich's minutes get limited because you want him to play through this thing. I understand that. But for how long? And what do you do if he doesn't come out of it? Well, I think he'll come out of it because players almost always come out of it. Um, unless you, Austin and I were talking about this off the air, uh, unless you think he's Chuck Knobloch and just forgot how to play basketball. But um, <laughs> the thing with Joe Ingles, he finished, Joe Ingles finished the game against, I think it was the Wizards. So it's not like Quinn Snyder has not adjusted. Uh-huh. So, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I get your question, you know, how long do you stick with it? Well, I, I think Coach Snyder is well aware of that problem and is, you know, he's already adjusted. Last night against the Bulls, you're up by 20, who cares? Yeah, Bogdanovich so, was actually in the game to finish the game in order to work through his troubles, right. I think. So I think that's what they need to I, 
Honestly, and we can have this conversation, I suppose, but do you really believe that uh, Bogdanovich forgot how to shoot? Like it's just gone and never coming back? Because no, I don't, I don't no. believe that. And I don't no, think you I, do either. No, I don't believe it. But if let's say that uh, this thing continues for some period of time and you get in a game that you really feel like you have to win, are you going to have Bogdanovich on the floor? Well, that's you know up to Coach Snyder. Obviously, he he has a better feel for it than I than I certainly would have. And, oh, I and he already I wouldn't have him on the floor, Jake. I, if the Jazz had if they were to start a playoff thing tomorrow, yeah, I would start him out. I'm not going to bench him, but if he doesn't have it going on, then I'm 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 going to put Joe Ingles in the game and uh, see where that can take me because I can't afford to fiddle faddle around anymore. Right now, you can do that a little bit, but. Well, more I mean, than a little, I, already, but, yeah. already Bogdanovich has, in my opinion, cost the Jazz some opportunities to win games. He has not been good at either end of the floor. And, yeah, okay, you work through it now, but only to the point where it's not going to cost you games. Well, they're still in first. Let's right. let's let's realize that he hasn't cost them that many games because they you know, still are the best team in the league. Uh, but I, I I hear what you're saying, Gordon. But if they he's a key component uh, to what they do for a variety of reasons, uh, including how much they pay him. So I mean, they really need him to figure it out, and I think he uh, I think he will figure it out. But it, you know, it comes back to that conversation which you and I have had a bunch, and I always bring up this example. You know, I don't care if Tony Gwynn's 0 for four on the day. I want him up in the bottom of the ninth. Michael Jordan, as you pointed out just yesterday, in those games where he hit those big shots over the Jazz, was terrible. But who did you want taking that shot? He wasn't terrible. He just wasn't particularly efficient. We can split hairs on the verbiage. Well, 15 or 35, if if that means anything to you. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, there's a little bit of that there, too, is you expect the guy to be him and work through his stuff. So, And now that might be a different story if he's hurt. But we don't know if he's hurt because he won't talk about it. Well, he's messed up right now offensively, and he's a liability at the defensive end. And I'm not suggesting that he gets benched. That's not what I'm saying. But he better come around sometime because you can't just keep trotting a guy out there who isn't helping you, you know. At some point, you've got to make a a more declarative decision. Uh, And I'm not saying that the Jazz are there yet. And – if, if I were going to put money on it, I would expect Bogdanovich at some point to bounce back. I just don't know when that's going to happen. He's out of sorts right now. Well, I don't think we're at the point where it's uh, cut Bogdanovich. but and No one's suggesting that. But <laughs> no, I'm making a joke. Would, would, you, would you back off on his minutes? No. Joe Ingles is playing so much better than Bogdanovich right now, it's not even close. Right, but they have different roles on the team. Yeah. I get it. But Joe could fill that role. Part of that role. Yeah. He certainly can handle the spacing of the floor and shooting uh, three-pointers. I mean, <laughs> watch him. Right, but his game's about more than that, and they don't necessarily guard 100% the same position. Yeah, what are you going to do, bring Bogdanovich off the bench? Plus, Joe with the bench unit has been amazing. Out of yeah. all the, the, you know, the should Joe start, should Joe not, does it affect his game, does it not? Obviously it doesn't because he's playing the best ball of his career coming in off the bench. So, well, I mean, it's, it's, and the bench unit, that unit with Joe Ingles whooping up on the other team's second unit is the reason they won by 25 last night. Yeah, that's what brought it up. And Joe is, Joe is right now, 
That basket is huge to yeah. him. And yeah. uh, I don't think it's a terrible idea that Joe Ingles is playing 25 minutes instead of 35 minutes. For wear and tear purposes. <laughs> well, it, 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 like you said, it hasn't killed the Jazz, but it seems like Bogdanovich is, is a liability at both ends of the floor, and that's something that either has to be worked out or he needs to be uh, cut again. Yeah, I know. I don't cut. think we're there yet. Not obviously. What's the right word? Put on injured reserve. Punished. <laughs> <laughs> Sent to the G League. <laughs> no, no, just just partially replaced. <laughs> Raja Beld. No, not that. I don't think he should be partially replaced. I think he'll be fine. Well, I didn't say he should right now. I said if it continues. All right, stay tuned. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.